our series called The Journey. And like I said last week, we talked about growing into becoming disciples. You know, when we all come to Christ, we become Christians, which means baby Christ. We're, we're little, little Christ, and that's what, who we are, and we will always be a Christian. But Jesus wants us to grow into disciples. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 28, Jesus actually said, he said, go and make disciples. And that word make really shows it's a process. There is a growing experience that we need to go through. You know, as, as, as parents, when we have our children for the very first time, you see the stages of their lives, right? You have the infant stage where they're only on milk. You have the toddler stage where you're introducing to them to, to solid food, but they're still on the mushy stuff. And then you have the kids becoming teenagers to the adults. That's more the solid food. But that process has to take place, and it takes years for that to happen. You know, when we come to Christ, it's the same exact thing. It's a process. God doesn't expect us to grow overnight. Maybe we do on people, like, come on, get your act together. Come on, get it right. But God understands that it's a process to become his disciple. You know, when he called the disciples, the 12, <laughs> it took them three years just to even get to a point of sharing the good news. It took a departure of their Savior to the cross, to the grave, to, the, to, the, to heaven for them to finally do something. Even at the end of the three years, one of the disciples still was denying Jesus. But when the promise came, he grew into the fact that I can now proclaim Jesus. It's a process that we walk through. And when Jesus says, go and make disciples, he's talking to you, he's talking to me. Because the moment we become disciples, we continue on that journey in our lives. And we train up our children or, or we extend love to our family or our coworkers or anyone else around us. It starts, it starts as a give me, give me, give me. And we turn into a make me, make me, make me mindset when it comes to becoming disciples. And today, part two of the journey, we're going to be talking about, are you ready? Embracing the fight. That's right, embracing the fight. You know, today we, we can read all the scriptures about, about God is good and we have all these promises, but let me tell you something, on earth there's still a fight. And the fight might not be physical, okay, because that physical part of it's over. Jesus conquered that at the cross. But let me tell you something, the fight in the spiritual world, it is real. Everyone say, it is real. You know, that fight, in, in, in the supernatural realm, is something that we're all going to encounter the moment we say yes to Jesus. You know, if someone ever shared with you, when you become a Christian, when you accept Jesus, things are going to be all easy from here on out, they lied to you. They lied to you. Because Jesus even says there are going to be troubles in this earth. But take heart, I have overcome them. You know, in James chapter 1, starting verse 2, it says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever, okay, not if, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces per perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That part right there where it says whenever you face trials, guess what that is saying to you? No guesses in here? It means you will be facing some things on earth. You know, I was taught a few weeks ago, maybe about four weeks ago, which was pretty cool. That word, that word trial, really, if you find the root word of it, I believe in the Greek, it's, 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 they would use the word try 
And not the try that we know in the English language, but the word try is really uh, made for a, 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 a man who used to make swords, okay, back in the, uh, back in the day when, they, when these uh, soldiers and these armies needed swords. And what they would do is they would try the swords. Not try as in what we know, but a try by putting it in the fire. And they would put these swords in the fire watching these air bubbles come out of these swords. And when they would see the air bubbles come out of the sword, they would take the sword out, they would put it over here, and they would pound that sword where those air bubbles out. Because what were they trying to do? Take the air bubbles out, right? And they would go right back into the, the fire, and when more bubbles would come out, they would bring it back out, and they would try the sword, and they would continue to pound on it. And what would happen is they would get to a point where this sword would have no more air bubbles. Because if there was an air bubble and a soldier went to war and they used that sword, that sword will break. So for that sword to be solid and useful and strong, it had to be tried in the fire. You go through trials, we go through trials because God is doing something within us. God is, God is allowing these things to happen, these trials to happen, so we can get the air bubbles out of us in a sense. And so we can develop and we can grow. So when the day of battle comes, when we have to resist the devil, when we have to speak to these problems, we are strong in the Lord. And we're able to come forth. You know, you will face opposition. You will face giants. And what we just read, they just said, count it all joy. Who counts it all joy when we go through something? That's right. Not a whole lot of us. And I, and I wanted that because here's the deal. It's hard counting it all joy when we go through a tough time. But did you know when you grow in maturity in Christ, when you allow this journey, the journey to happen with you, and you, you're becoming this disciple, there are going to be moments in your life where you're going through something and you're going to recognize God's doing something in you. And what happens is the wise, wise, wise becomes, what, what, what are you doing, God? And when you allow that to happen, you get to count it all joy because your faith is growing. I just, I just remembered this. Uh, I was about a year into my marriage. I'm going on 12 years this July, guys. Praise the Lord. I'm excited, okay? You can give a higher clap than that. It's my marriage, man. Come on. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but it was my first year of marriage, and I remember my wife had an earache in her, in her ear. And we went to the, you know, the urgent care. Long story short, it was an ear infection. Not only that, the ear infection got to the other ear, and it was a double ear infection. Let me tell you something. That, that season, I think it was like a week long, every day and every night, my wife was in pain. I mean, the eardrum was getting affected. I mean, just everything inside couldn't sleep. It was just hurting. And I remember thinking, I I'm going to use my faith. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm speaking the word, and I'm doing everything I possibly can to make this thing disappear, right? And nothing was happening. I was getting the warm towels. My grandma taught me this. I don't know if you guys do this, but you can take a warm towel or wet it and then throw it in a microwave. Have you guys ever done that? Don't, don't leave it there for more than five seconds. I'm just saying that right now because I learned the hard way, okay? But that warm towel, I would cover her ear so that heat could get inside. And I remember my grandma way back in the day, my, it was actually my great-grandma, she would get the newspaper, right? And she would like to end on fire. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. She'd like to end on fire, blow it out. I remember as a kid, they would hold me down. And I'm like, ah, screaming because this, this blazing was right there. I didn't do that to my wife. I thought about it. I thought that'd be cool. But no, I didn't. But I tried everything. 
speaking the word, everything, and nothing was happening. And I remember I, it, was, it was a sleepless, like, three, four nights, and I went to work that day. Um, I worked on a maintenance crew, and I was you know, cutting grass on the campus. And one of the ladies that I worked with, you know, she was more like the mother of all the, all the, all the people at the, at the maintenance crew. And I remember talking to her, like, I'm so exhausted. I don't, I don't understand why we're going through this. And I love what she said to me. She says, you're in a trial right now. She says, you don't even realize while you're in a trial, your faith is growing. The thing is, she was 100% right. At the end of the journey, I've realized, and my wife realized, that when we go through trials, we're growing in faith. They just, we just read it in the book of James. When you go through something, we grow in faith. Now today, when there's an earache or something, my wife and I have an understanding that God's word never turns void, but no matter what it looks like in the natural, we know in the spiritual realm things are happening. Now, I didn't catch that in the beginning of my first year of marriage with Madi, but I grew through that. And as trials continued on, every day we started seeing instant healings happening in our family, which, by the way, my wife had one not too long ago, because we're starting to see what God does. Don't look at your trial as God is not listening to me or God, where is God at? Look at your child as God is doing something in your heart. God is making something happen in you. And you are growing in faith in Christ. You know, becoming a believer, it really doesn't mean you're going to have an easy life. You're going to be going through some stuff. Because in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Paul says to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Did you hear what Paul just said? Paul literally just called Christianity, the Christian life, a fight. He said it's going to be a fight. It's going to be actually a good fight. And we need to understand, well, it's not a fight against people. It's a fight against trying to live for God. It's a fight against to try to love God every day, even when it's hard. It's a fight to serve God. And here's a big one. It's a fight to continue to love people. You see, you're fighting against the devil and his ways. You're fighting against sin. You're learning how to fight against that and say no to it. You're fighting against your own flesh, your desires that you want to do. You're fighting against temptations on earth. Because we all face temptations and we have to understand that it's a fight in faith that we conquer it. And we're fighting against culture in life. Who's ever prayed? Make some noise. Who's just simply ever prayed? Okay? When you pray, you go to war. When you pray, you're going to war. Every Wednesday, when we come here as a group, as a church, which, by the way, you're all welcome to come 7 p.m. every Wednesday evening. We pray some things out. We have an understanding that we're in war in the spiritual realm. That when we pray for people, it's not the person, but the motive and the spirit that's behind it that we're going to conquer. Because the person, the Bible says it's not the person, but it's the motive that the enemy's trying to do. And so when you are in prayer, you're going to war in prayer. And a lot of you guys know that already. I'm praying and I'm going against something. Because you have an acknowledgement of this life in Christ is still a fight. Not physically, but spiritually. Are you guys here? No? No one's here? Okay. All right. I'll keep going. I'll talk to Facebook people. <laughs> when you face opposition in life, don't say why is this happening to me, but you need to embrace what's before you. 
when you embrace what's before you, God is doing a work in you, through you. And not only that, you're contagious. Did you know you're contagious when you go through that? People catch that. People want that. They desire that. I'm not as strong as you are. You know, when people would tell me, I'm not as strong as you are, I need you to pray. I said, no, 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 I'm weak. It is God in me that's strong, and you have that same God in you. And there are times, maybe it was you here, I don't know, but there are times when people say, pray about this. I said, okay, come with me. You're praying with me, Now I want you to declare it. And I would walk hand in hand on them praying and using the authority that they have. Because what I have, you have the moment you say yes to Jesus. I'll say that again. What I have, you guys have the moment we come to Jesus. And when we allow that to be activated in our lives, you don't have to call me and say, pray about this. You get to pray about it. You get to go to war. You get to realize I'm armed up and ready to speak against this thing right now. And it is so cool when we, as pastors, face something, because we do go through trials, and our church family, you guys, are going on battle for us, and you guys are declaring stuff in our lives. I love it when, when you guys walk up, hey, you guys good? Yeah, yeah, we're kind of facing this right now. Let me pray for you real quick. Come here. And then they, you know, get me on the side. It's because you guys are understanding the authority of the belief. You guys are growing in that faith. But it all starts with Jesus. It all starts with that road of Jesus. Every Christian in this world is in a fight. Every single one of us. Ecclesiastics 8.8, I love how it says, it says there is no release from that war. That, that spiritual war, there's no release of it. If you're here on earth and you have Jesus, you're going to battle. You're going to do something. But what we need to understand is that the attitude needs, to be, it needs not to be whining. We need to stop all that or be feeling sorry for our, ourselves. We need to not feel sorry for ourselves when we go through something. Because what happens is when we feel sorry for ourselves, we start comparing ourselves to others. I go to the same church they do. I've been going longer than them. I read my Bible every day. God, why, why, why? And when we have this whining attitude, and when we have this all pity party attitude, I feel so sorry for myself. We're missing out what God is doing in us. God doesn't want that in our lives. Yeah, we go through hard times. We go through grieving moments. But God says you walk through it. You don't camp in it. I'll say that again. You walk through it. You don't camp in it. And when we're whining and when we're in that attitude of, of oh God, where are you? We're actually camping there. And we're allowing to stay within the atmosphere of that. God says keep moving, persist, move forward, persevere, continue to go forward. Resist the enemy. Resist these things that are not of God. Who works out here? Raise your hand. I'm just doing that on purpose. <laughs> Who's gone to the gym once in their life? Raise your hand. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, when you go to the gym, I, you know, when we go to the gym, um, you'll see, you know, everything's all sectioned out. And, and there's the machines. There's the free weights. You know, there's the, the, what is it called? The treadmill. All these equipment that's, that's around. It's really good for our bodies, you know. But there's, once in a while, you'll see these people that are on the bench press. You guys know what a bench press is? Lay down, put the weights on, they put, put all those plates on there, and then they're, they're, they're grabbing the weight, and they have it here. All right, just pretend I'm laying down, all right? And then they bring the weights down, and they bring it right back up, okay? They're resisting all that weight. Now, here's the thing. When they're coming down with that weight, they're not growing. They're not getting stronger. It's when they're resisting that weight. When they come back up is where the strength starts building up. 
Now, there's some pain. There's some ah going on, right? But at the end of the day, that resisting the weight, okay, that resisting of the weight is what's building the strength in him, not the coming down on it, but bringing it away from you. You know, a lot of times the enemy wants to do that. He wants to, he wants to bring all this weight on you and in this earth so he can crush you because that's what he wants. He wants you to be crushed by it. But when you resist the enemy and everything you do, your faith is growing. Your faith is moving. You're continuing to make something happen. You know, you have to understand it's the struggles in life that make the victory sweet. When we struggle and we know we have the victory already, and then it comes, it makes it that much sweeter. Because nothing's just handed to us in a relay race. A trophy's just not given to you. Because this whole, this whole participating trophies, I'm not talking about that, okay? That's, that's for children, I get that. But for us to be in some type of struggle, battle, or race, we need to fight for it. We need to gear on it. And when we get it, we're there. And it's just that much sweeter. You know, the Israelites, <clears throat> when you look at Moses, who, who led them through the wilderness... But Moses never entered the promised land. The, the, the manna was handed over to Joshua. Now, throughout that journey, God had told him the promised land is yours. But did you know they still had a fight for their land? It wasn't just, God said it's yours. But they had to face giants. They had to face this big wall to claim their land. There was still a fight that had to happen. Even though it was theirs, they still had to claim it. Because they understood the battle is already mine, the victory is already mine, but I'm still going to fight for it. Are you fighting? Are you fighting for what promise is yours already? Because it's yours already, but you have to have an understanding. Walls will be developed called unforgiveness. Bitterness will rise up. Giants called problems will come in your life. And are we just going to sit there or are we going to take it by force, like the Bible says? And when we have that knowledge, let me tell you something. You will grow in levels in life with Jesus. I was taught this. New level, new devil. You're going to face something no matter what. And you need to continue to fill yourself with that. Continue to move forward. In Isaiah, or sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, Paul, uh, Paul says to Timothy, if we suffer, then we shall also reign with him. So that means even though we go through these things in life, you're going to go through the experience of eternal life with God and the benefits here on earth. Isaiah 41.10 says this, fear not, the, uh, the Amplified Version says, fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. Now check this part out. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand and righteousness and justice. Did you just hear what we just read? He says, I will strengthen you and I will harden you to difficulties. Because God is saying it is through difficulties in life that you're going to gain that strength. It's difficult in life that we will face something in life. And so when we allow those difficulties, when we embrace that fight and say, okay, God, this does not make you a bad God, okay? This not, does not make you a bad God. This makes you a good God because I'm about to overcome something right now. Things start moving. It's the moment we say, God, no, 
Why? Why? That we miss the whole deal out. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible tells us that to be sober and vigilant because there is an enemy prowling like a lion looking for someone he may devour. You see, I love it because it's a cheap imitation of something. Who's ever made photocopies of something before? I mean, you have a colored photocopy uh, or you have a colored sheet and you put it on a, uh, on a copy machine. It's all black and white. It's a little faded because it's a copy. It's not the real deal. And that's who the enemy is. And so when he comes like a lion is what the Bible says. He's that faded, cheap imitation of what the real deal is, and that's Jesus Christ. You see, when he's the real, when you understand that Jesus Christ is the real deal and you start facing opposition, it's not going to stop you. It's not going to stop you. Opportunities of resisting comes every day in our lives. We just have to be ready. We have to be ready for it. Because if you're not in a storm, get ready. One's coming. And I don't mean to rain on your party, but reality is you need to understand that God wants you to continue to move forward in this earth and in this life so he can use you for mighty things. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, I believe it's verse 12, it tells us that the fight is not against people, flesh or blood. It's not people, but the spiritual realm, the devil and his demons. All that is what we're going against right now. He says, resist, stand firm. Don't just be mad. Stand firm in my word and move forward. The reason why I share this is because I simply believe you no longer have to say, I can't. I can't. I can't anymore. I can't. Don't do that to yourself. Because I simply believe you can do it. You can stand up to anything that the enemy throws at you because of this. You are full of the Holy Spirit. You are full of the word of God. You have the name of Jesus and you've been washed by the blood of Jesus. Because of those elements in your life, you're able to now do something. And so when those things are, I can't, and you understand that I can operate in those four things, it becomes, I can you know, in Isaiah 54, 17, it says this, no weapon formed against me, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. In other words, your faith in Jesus is your defense, and his word in your mouth is your offense. If God is for you, no one can be against you. All you need to do is speak his word out. I'm going to share you a story with you guys really quick. Now, when I was in high school, um, I had this class. I won't say the class because a lot of you guys went to the same school I went to. Okay, I'm not going to identify a person. But I remember sitting in class, being taught, if your dad's an alcoholic, most likely you'll be an alcoholic. If your dad was abusive, most likely you will have anger issues. If your parents lived in poverty, like rented or, or, or just had nothing or had to live off government all their life, most likely you're going to. Statistics show, okay, and I felt like they were saying, statistics show, Jesse. <laughs> statistics show that how you grew up is how you're going to end up. If you're fatherless and marriages were broken, most likely you're going to end up the same way. And I honestly have never been impacted so hard in my whole schooling career sitting at my desk and I remember everything's fading out black because I put my head down and I remember thinking my life's over (laughs) 
I'm not going to have a good marriage. I'm not going to have a successful life. I'm going to live from paycheck to paycheck, job to job. I'm not going to have, uh, I'm going to have to live off of assistance. All, which, by the way, that stuff's good, but we, God wants more than that for us. And I remember thinking, I'm going to have anger problems. I'm going to be an alcoholic. I'm going to go through so much issues in my life. My kids are going to resist me a whole lot. 16 years old, throwing my life out the window already. And I did. I followed through. I said, whatever, then I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Now fast forward to around a few years, a couple years. I was just hanging out with my friends, learning about the Word of God. And I, I got hold of some promises. And I started learning what the Word was saying to me, what I was, who I was in Christ. And it's because of that promise, I chose to let go of what was, what was instilled in me and hang on to what God says I have. And when I looked at my wife and I proposed to her and said, will you marry me? And she said, yes, like that. It was awesome. And she said, yes. We had a serious conversation. And this is what we said. Do you remember that class? She goes, oh, yeah, I remember that class. Remember that teaching? Oh, yes, I remember that teaching. I said, today we change a family tree. Today we declare divorce is not in my vocabulary, that we can figure a way out as we face issues. Today finances won't be something that conforms us down. Today, our children are going to be risen up. We declared everything that day. And again, I'm very visual. And I said, I could just see this family tree that was just, branches were broken. Nothing was flourishing. I could just see this pivotal turn on this tree. And we had these roots, not with my last name, but the name of Jesus, instilled. And I could see things blossom out of that. And it took a fight. I'll say that again. It took a fight for me to get that mindset off of me. Because every single time I had a disagreement with my wife, I started thinking the negative, most negative things ever. And I had to say, I take that thought captive in the name of Jesus Christ, and I throw it to the sea for, for, forever, where I won't see it again. And I had to develop this thing. I had to embrace that fight, and I had to repent and say, God, and humble myself before the Lord, and humble myself before my wife to make things work. And today, we are still shooting for heaven. That a family tree has been flipped around. If you've been in a mindset of, well, this is just how I grew up. This is who I am. Accept it or leave it. If you have that mindset, God doesn't want you there. God wants to break that mindset. But you have to allow him to move. You have to allow him to do something. Again, I'll read this one more time. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Here's, here's the deal. That is my confession literally almost every single day of my life. That is my confession. No evil, harm, or danger to come near me, my wife, and my children. I also pray that over this church and you guys. That God will continue to do a work. But it requires you to fill your mouth with the word of God and speak it. Because the moment your mouth is shut, you have no sword. It's been quenched. You have to speak the word of God. We're all going to stand up for a second. We're going to do something different today. Everyone stand up.
you were thinking, oh man, time to wake up. Time to wake up. Because this is called an activation. If that is you right now, and you were thinking, you know what, I've been having this mindset, I want to break this mindset. Shoot your hand up right now, I just want to see you right now. Okay, I see all you guys, go ahead. No shame, we all faced it, or we all faced it at one point. Your mindset has been defeated. I can't get over this hump. I'm always going to be like this. I, I, my retirement's going to look like this. I'm going to always be, always be in this area of my life. It's time to break that, but you're going to speak some things out in a second. You guys can put your hands up. Okay, and I'm also going to do this. Maybe you haven't accepted Jesus in a way, as a relational way, and you want to take this first step of, I want to get to that point. Shoot your hand up right now. I just want to simply pray over you. That's it. Anybody in the house, God bless you. All you guys back there as well, too. Anybody else? Okay, that's awesome. You can put your hands down. This is an activation. An activation means we're going to allow God and the Spirit of God to move in us, but we're also going to do our part by speaking things out. I want you all to repeat after me. Say, God, I believe in your word, and I believe in truth, and I no longer accept the patterns of this earth. But I accept your goodness, your faithfulness, who you say I am, not what I was labeled by the world, but who you say I am. So God, thank you for Jesus. Forgive me of all my sins. And thank you for eternal life. Spirit, live in my heart. All right, now there's another confession. Here we go. Say, God, the promises of the kingdom of God is mine. I speak to my life, and I declare that I am rich in you, Jesus, that a problem, a circumstance, or an issue in life will not stop me, but I will continue to move forward. Because the greater one is me. And I live that out. Devil, no weapon formed against me shall prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all celebrate by saying amen and amen.